Welcome to the Multiple Nerdgasm E3 wrap-up episode. I'm your host, Jenna, and I'm joined by Matt. We did it! I know, we did it. We went to E3. We did. I had a good time. So did I. I know a lot of people didn't. We'll talk about that later. Mm. But I definitely did. It was our first year there, and it's something that I have always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did it live up to your high expectations? In some ways it did, in some ways it didn't. Mm. Yeah, actually, I suppose that echoes my feelings. So, But I did have a really great time, and I feel like every other convention will now pale in comparison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, just for sheer volume of stuff, I think the others have a lot to, to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Well, since this is our first time at E3, maybe we should do a little history of E3 and uh, what is E3. Very, very well. Because I think a lot of people don't really get it. I've noticed that, yeah. E3 is not a typical convention or um, like a gaming expo like everybody thinks it is. Mm. It's more of a trade show. It's a business show. Yeah. So, yes, there are definitely flashy booths and they spend millions and millions of dollars, um, all the AAA companies, yeah. uh, to display here. But that is really for the media to hype it up yeah. and to sell the games to other businesses. Mm. So I guess in the past, it wouldn't be uncommon to see people there in business suits. Right. Whereas this year, it was kind of a mix of that um, (laughs) because they sold tickets to the public for the first time. It was a mix of people in business suits and people in video game shirts. And cosplay in some cases. And cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got nothing against cosplay. It was just a weird venue for it. This is like going to a home show. (laughs) Yeah, right. In in cosplay. Dressing as a builder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, like I said, we haven't been before. Uh, however, I've followed E3 since I was like 15 years old. The very first one happened when I was 15. So mm-hmm. I was very familiar with what it is. And so I was a little, I was surprised to see that that there this year because yes. I knew that, you know, it, it's a, it's a professional exhibition for professionals to do professional things. Right. Which I was actually looking forward to because we have plenty of conventions. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. PAX is like off the hook as far as all mm-hmm. that other stuff is concerned. Mm-hmm. I just said off the hook. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to do you want to do it again? No, that can stay in. It's fine. Off off the chain. Off the chain. Well, I'm I'm off the reservation. Let's go on. Go on. Go on. Hit me with some hit me with some knowledge about the history of E3. E3 stands for the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Mm. Um, it's presented by the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association. Previously, games were shown at the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, but with the growth of the video game industry in the 90s, E3 was created. Mm-hmm. The CES was a show that encompassed all consumer electronics. Mm-hmm. So video games was a very small part of that. And a lot of companies complained that they were shoved in the back room. Mm. One year, Sega was displaying the Genesis system, and they complained that they were put in a tent where it was pouring rain and leaking on top of the Genesis. <laughs> so uh, the companies kind of got upset about that, decided they wanted to branch off and start their own show, which took off. Yeah. People didn't think video games were going to be a big deal, I guess, back back a little while ago, and they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a huge industry now. It's mm-hmm. actually, I think last year it made over $30 billion, the industry itself. Yeah, wow. The first event was held in um, May of 1995 at the Los Angeles Convention Center, where this one this year was held, mm-hmm. uh, with 40,000 attendees. Sega displayed the Saturn, Sony displayed the PlayStation, wow, um, and Atari displayed the Jaguar VR, huh. which 
I find interesting because VR is still a thing today that people are trying to get consumers to pick up on. Yeah. Like it's only kind of just coming in to mainstream. Atari was always like a little bit ahead of the game. I, f- mm-hmm. I like I think like the Lynx was the most powerful handheld at the time. And then they had the Jaguar, Jaguar which is the first 64 bit console, I think. And uh, yeah, but then they just couldn't follow through on it and they were too expensive. So anyway, I digress. They were always a little bit ahead. Well, we just received news today that Atari is making a new console. So mm. hopefully they'll they'll come in and surpass everyone. Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, it'll be like some retro thing. Nope, it's to compete with Microsoft and Sony. So, all right, cool. Look forward to that next E3. Yeah, hopefully. Other companies at the 95 E3 were Atari, Nintendo, and Acclaim, mm-hmm. among others. Oh, wow. I remember Acclaim. Wow. <laughs> um, 2005 was the first year that it was aired on television. Hmm. On G4, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. I was a big fan of that and kind of miss that it's, on, it's not around anymore. It was, it was not easy to watch in Australia. <laughs> uh, I can tell you that, but I knew of its existence because everyone else was talking about it and I couldn't have it, so... Um, a lot of current day hosts in the video game industry started there. Right. Mm. In 2007 and 2008, the exhibitors felt like the public attendees, uh, not really public, but with all the bloggers and that kind of media that was coming in, it felt like it diluted their ability to reach their target audience, which was right. retailers and journalists. Yeah. And a lot of exhibitors were prepared to pull out of E3. So did you say this was in the past or that was this year? <laughs> no, go on. This was 10 years ago. Okay. So um, in 2007, they renamed it. They rebranded to the E3 Media and Business Summit, and they capped attendance at 10,000. It was moved to a different venue, a smaller venue, and it was very, very exclusive in the business and journalists right. that were invited. It was invite only. Hmm. Um, the next year, only 5,000 people attended, which I can imagine when you're spending millions of dollars on your big flashy advertisements yeah ah uh, yeah that's not really doing it <laughs> no you want you want more eyeballs on them than that because the esa couldn't win uh the exhibitors now complained that they weren't reaching any audience <laughs> that there was not enough media coverage so the show was rebranded again back to e3 which is what it is now yep and it was moved permanently to the la convention center with a cap of forty-five thousand close <laughs> to the public Right. Usually attendance now is about 40 to 50,000. This year was 68,000. Wow. Because for the first year ever, E3 was open to the public. They sold 15,000 tickets. Hmm. Um, the first 1,000 were sold at $150 and the rest were sold at 250 mm-hmm. um, which a lot of the public complained about the high prices. <laughs> but uh, it's a tough one, really. Yeah, well, because you... Uh, yeah. <laughs> because it is an industry event and it's not really meant for the public, which I'm not saying the public shouldn't be there. I'm just saying I think they were expecting a bit more than what was there. Right. They previously haven't had vendors where this year there were uh, at least four or five because they're not selling to media professionals or industry professionals. They also didn't really have events or things to do. Besides showcasing the games. And I think the public that put so much money into these tickets were kind of expecting that. Yeah, because of PAX, I guess, and these other 
I guess, more fan-based conventions. You know, like at PAX, when you're in line, you have line entertainment people. I get there's enforcers there to entertain you, and there's right. things going on and giveaways and, and you know, the, the cookie brigade and all that stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. E3 was about serious business. Like, and I don't mean that to sound patronizing. I just mean, like, it literally was was a, a business meeting. Like, it wasn't right. It wasn't about having fun. Right. It's for networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think E three was really prepared for the caliber of of people. <laughs> like the the yeah. line control wasn't really no. there. Um, there were people pushing in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we're not saying that the general public shouldn't be allowed in because you know this is the kind of I, I you know i always wanted to go to it i understand why people want to go to it but i think they need to rethink how they structure it and organize it if they are going to do that because that's right it's because two, two different things right and the public that bought tickets were expecting it to be like a big convention right and the people who have gone to e3 in the past the industry professionals were expecting it to be a, a trade show yeah. Um, which is what it's always been. But it really it didn't do well being a mix of those two things this year because the industry professionals weren't able to do their jobs. Right. Um, because the lines for games were so long. We even had trouble the first day, like they had to open the doors fifteen minutes early because it was a fire hazard with the amount of people standing in the entryway. Mm-hmm. And if you got into the hall about 10 minutes after it was supposed to open, the lines were already two or three hours long. Yeah. And people missed appointments. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of sites uh, are now saying in, in future, it's going to be easier for them to just do all this stuff from home because, or from the office or wherever because you, they stream all of the presentations. We should say the press conferences aren't even part of E3 anymore. They're like separate events. That's right. That the uh, that the the company has to invite you to, like Microsoft or Bethesda or Ubisoft, Sony. They're all completely separate things. You have to be invited to them, and so it's easier to if you're going to be the first. You know, you want to post all the stuff. You want to post uh, feedback. Uh, you want to be the first to to talk about this stuff on the internet. It's mm-hmm. it's harder to do it if you're there. It's easier. Right, it's if easier just... to sit at home in your Wi-Fi and exactly, and then and then you can edit together a video in like you know, the next 10 minutes or whatever, instead of having to, to you know, run back to the hotel or, or a meeting room or whatever, however the hell you're going right. to manage that from, from the convention. And not only that, it's better for the companies, like, say, Microsoft. Microsoft announced uh, a bunch of new shit, this, this E3. It's better for them if the audience at that press conference is a bunch of screaming fans, because it looks better, than a bunch of very serious, you know, like, media people making notes and nodding and going oh, yes very interesting like they want people who are excited the fans right so right and i did read some articles that there's some journalists that said they would show up to one of the um i think the microsoft one in particular mm. uh all of the media were way way back like in the nosebleed section because right, right up front were the people had who had won tickets or been given tickets and well, it makes sense like going crazy you want them on camera looking excited right right yeah so I can see why they, because really the whole thing, it has always been about marketing. It's just now mm-hmm. the the way marketing works is very different. So I I, th- I can see why the fans are confused because they don't know like because E3's figuring out what it wants to do and they they're not used to it. The media is right, confused. Packs. Yeah, the media is confused because they're used to the way it used to be, and mm-hmm. so everybody's just kind of a bit topsy turvy. 
So there's been a lot of negative feedback. Yeah. Um, EA has actually pulled out of E3 mm -hmm. um, last year and have decided to do their own EA Play, uh, a more fan-based um, expo. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, that's, that's, that, that works better for them these days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, they, they, EA knows knows the business of video games. That's one thing they definitely know. But overall, uh, we had a lot of fun. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so while we can understand certain groups of people were a bit disappointed, we would we were not. Because <laughs> I guess we, no. <laughs> we, we were new and we, we knew that this was all going on. And I guess we were, you know, have, content to just experience it as it is. Well... I think that we should get into what everybody really wants to hear. Yep. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Our time at Disney. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, the games. Yes. And the hardware. Yes. Yeah, there were a few announcements this year. It wasn't a huge year. God, it feels like it was. It does. I mean, there definitely were a lot of announcements. A lot of them were sequels. That's true, actually, yeah. Or just the same game again. <laughs> right. Well. We'll start with EA. Um, oh, yeah. yep, yep. As we said, they have pulled out of E3. They hold their own convention, um, a public event, which is still in Los Angeles um, the weekend before. Mm -hmm. So their press conference, I believe, was on Saturday, the day before Microsoft and Bethesda started it up with E3. Right. Their big spotlight was on Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They've been very uh, PlayStation-centric on that uh, for some reason, but it's not an exclusive or anything like that. So it's coming out on all platforms. Mm -hmm. It is a sequel to Star Wars Battlefront, which was very popular for a little while. And then... Unfortunately, only a little while. Because yeah. it was quite fun, but then it just kind of died down and it was exclusively multiplayer. So there wasn't really anything you could do right. if no one else was playing. Yeah, there was a one point where i tried to play it uh, i mean and this was a few months after uh and i just it took forever to find a game uh, mm -hmm. and there, i mean certain game modes continued for longer but but there was others that were just they just died like almost instantly people just lost interest so, so what everybody really wanted out of battlefront 2 was a single player campaign mm -hmm. and you got it so that's going to be awesome hopefully I mean, they didn't show any of it, so they. Sh I mean, they showed like a little video that has a short snippet of it, right. but uh, it's probably not going to be mind blowing as far as gameplay goes. But um, but it is Star Wars and it is Battlefront, so yep. <laughs> it'll and hopefully sell. you get to play as the heroes. Right, that is fun. What I find interesting about Battlefront Two um, is that it includes the prequels. Yes, it does. <laughs> so I I wasn't sure because for a long time it seemed like Disney was kind of trying to avoid that being canon. Yeah, they're being selective with it, I think for sure. Mm -hmm. Um and I mean there are people who like it. And actually while we were watching the uh the trailer, they showed some of the the, you know, the clone troopers versus the battle droids on Naboo and I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty cool. Like, it's all, yeah. it's all creative and it's interesting. Yeah, it's just that the film just didn't have a very good plot. So, so I think maybe it can still be good, including prequel stuff, as long as we just try and forget the films. 
Right. It does mean that there are new people to play as. Mm -hmm. uh, you can play as Darth Maul, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Yep. And new ships to fly. Yes. The uh, the droid ships and the uh, what are the little the little Naboo fighters? I forget what they're the called. little yellow ones. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Those things. I always thought they were cool. Yeah, and uh, also Ray is playable. Uh, Han is playable again, and there's one other that escapes me. Boba Fett. Yeah. So they're the four initial ones, uh, and then there'll be more later apparently. Oh, and all the DLC is going to be free this time, which is a nice touch yeah. as well. Yeah. Because. They released a bunch of DLC for the for the first one, but you had to pay for it, and so not a lot of people bought it. <laughs> not only did you have to pay for it, it was kind of when it was dying down. Right. So I didn't want to put money into something that I might not even get mm. to play. Exactly. The Rogue One DLC looked interesting, but why would you buy it if no one's playing the game? Like, it's a risk that mm -hmm. hopefully they can avoid this time. Yep. So that game comes out on November 17th this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, most games, actually, October and November are going to be a busy time in the video game industry. Um, another game that they showed, they didn't actually show any of the gameplay for this. They just showed the trailer for Anthem, yes. um, which is Bioware's new game, and it will come out in fall of 2018. Mm -hmm. Microsoft actually went into this further in mm -hmm. their press conference, um, but it did debut at EA. Yeah. So they demoed a bit more at uh, Microsoft, and I guess so we can just discuss that when we talk about the Microsoft conference. Speaking of the Microsoft press conference, mm. something big was announced this year. <laughs> yes, Project it was. Scorpio was unveiled. Yes, the uh, the official title of Project Scorpio. The Xbox. Xbox. Xboxonix. Xboxonix. X. That's it. One X. Yes. The Xbox One X. Eh. Ah, it's clunky, man. <laughs> That's real clunky. What are they doing? It is, because they also they also have the Xbox One S. Yeah. Which sounds very similar to yes, Xbox One X. <laughs> I just I don't know what why can't they just name things like in a in a intuitive manner? Like I don't know I don't know why they're gonna do this. Well, even the Xbox One is a weird name because where do you go from there? The Xbox Two? Yeah, well, the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty was a weird name. The only one that yeah. made any sense was the Xbox, and I mean, <laughs> even that didn't make that much sense, and unless you know that it was like the Direct Xbox, right? Exactly. When you know that, you go, oh, but why? Right. Well, they dropped the Direct and just named it the Xbox, which is fine. Like it's a good name. Yes. Um, and it's a good logo. Yes. But. Yeah, the Xbox 360, I guess, because... Because it did a little the 360 flip. from the... Yeah, <laughs> fine. But the Xbox One? Yeah, well, that would just confuse everybody, because I got an Xbox. Which one is it? It's the yeah. Xbox One. Oh, the first Xbox? No, no, the, the third Xbox, the Xbox One. Well, I it's kind of similar to what I feel like Apple did with the iPads. Yeah, I, I think that's stupid as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> Except now they just call them iPad, and it's, right. like, fine. <laughs> Yeah, but how do you tell the difference between them? Oh, they have a year model. It's stupid. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, the Xbox One X was announced. The price and the specs, actually, mm. are what what were um, showcased at this press conference. It will be released November 7th of this year, mm -hmm. just in time to play all of the new games that are coming out. Yep. It's backwards compatible mm. um, as far as Xbox. Yeah, like all the way original back to the original. Xbox. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. It is cool. But then at the same time, uh, even when they announced that 
the Xbox One was backwards compatible, I feel like I can't play the three three sixty games anymore. Yeah, some of them hold up, some of them do not. Yeah, there are games, um, original Xbox games that I have on my iPad now, like Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they don't hold up that well. <laughs> no, and I think a lot of the better ones they have uh, re republished. Yeah, remastered. Yeah. So. But hey, that's cool. People wanted it. People yeah, are very and look, happy about it. It's a it's a different type of upgrade this time as well. It's not it's not a whole new console. You don't have to buy whole new games. It's kind of like a PC upgrade almost. It just does that's everything right. better. It's the same thing you used to. It's just mm-hmm. better now. So this was to compete with the PlayStation Four Pro. Hmm. Um, both are four K compatible, mm-hmm. which is great if you've got a four K TV. Yes, or VR. They can both do VR, although yep. they didn't mention VR at the Xbox One at all. They didn't mention it, <laughs> which is weird. But yeah, unless you, well, I think it'll still have some benefit to a normal HD set in that you'll get probably better frame rates and you'll get, they could probably put higher res textures in. But I think to get the most out of it, you're going to need a fancy big 4K TV. And it looks real good. Yeah, it does. It um, it's good. got a better processor, mm-hmm. uh, better memory. Yeah, it's very uh, far, good. Faster hard drive, even. Yeah, it's just yeah, everything's mm-hmm. everything's better. <laughs> um, the price though mm. is a little bit steep. Well, see, it is, and then it isn't. So because... it's going for four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, if you were to upgrade a PC, that would be about the price. So, yeah. I guess in that sense, if you because my frame of reference obviously is Australia. And right. it's going for, I believe, six forty nine in Australia. That's huge. Well, actually, compared to the Xbox three sixty, it's not. When the Xbox three sixty came out, it was eight hundred and fifty dollars. Are you serious? Yeah, because I went and bought one. And wow. so then when they announced so now whenever they announce the price of a new console and it's not eight hundred and fifty dollars, I'm like, woohoo. And then now I get um because I'm here in America, it's only five hundred. So I <laughs> I mean I thought the price was good until everyone started saying well it's a rich deep and i was like oh is it i didn't realize i think it is quite high it's especially for um just being an upgrade of a console and not like a new generation of console well it kind of is a new generation i guess it just depends on if this is how it's going to be from now on Mm -hmm. like like maybe we don't maybe we're done with generations kind of it's it's going to be more flowy than that now i would think i mean because it should have been because that's how pcs mm-hmm. work do you think we'll ever get to a point where we can upgrade our own systems a console mm-hmm. well see because then it would just be a pc so that's right a pc box pc box well like the steam boxes and that i guess yeah are the equivalent so yeah but then you fragment your your user base i don't think they would want to do that with a console because you've got a game coming out and it's like well which one of the three xboxes that we just released do you have like which processor have you got which one you know yep you end up splintering it all be a pain in the ass well with the price uh phil spencer head of xbox i read an article where he said there is actually no profit um with the system all of their profit is from the games Mm. i think it's been like that with most of them at first. Yeah, because of the amount of time and hardware that's going into it, 
Mm. They don't actually make anything off of it. I think the exception to that rule is Nintendo. Because they put shit inside a box and sell it to people for $300. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm, people may be laughing, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like, they're the only ones making any money off the consoles. That's just because they're overpriced for what they are. I love Nintendo, but yeah, I don't think that they are doing so well on the console war. No, I agree. <laughs> Not only did Microsoft announce a new system, they announced new avatars for that system. Yeah, so there's like an overhaul to the... Yeah, it's coming in fall 2017. Um, the avatars actually look really awesome. Yeah, they look cool. And are more inclusive. Mm. Um, there are now uh, people in wheelchairs, amputees, different colors um, of skin, of hair, uh, different clothing, gender-neutral clothing. Um, there's a lot to it. And hopefully, they look pretty cool. Hopefully I can get a realistic beard, because the, the beards looked awful before. I know that's... Hopefully I can get my two-toned hair. Yeah. I know. We're just... Our minority groups are just not represented. <laughs> Bright red hair, please. Yeah. My very specific shaped beard. <laughs> mm. But no, it actually... Um, I joke, but it actually does look like you can make it quite custom, which could be mm -hmm. a pain in the butt or it could be awesome. So they didn't actually show much about how it works. They just kind of showed the end product. So it'll be interesting to see how that how it all works and if you're gonna have to pay for all the clothes and stuff remember they you used to have to buy everything yeah yeah so i don't know we'll see i also wonder who is going to see these avatars because <laughs> you don't anymore with the new ui yeah it's a good point so but i liked it i liked the old one where you could see you and your friends playing together yeah yeah hopefully i could find a way to to tie in because on the one hand i'm playing video games i don't need to see them but then no, that's right on the other hand if they look cool then it's nice to appreciate them so yeah and if you put effort into it it's... yeah yeah we'll but i see. think right now the only way you can see them is to go into their profile yeah yeah that's right like to view their achievements which i don't often do no because i see luke's and i just i'm like oh, why do i bother Mm-hmm. they've also announced uh, more customization in the design lab Mmm. Yeah, like metallic paint and, and other cool things. Yeah, rubberized grips and mm. more colors. Yeah, cool. Uh, it's also now available in more European countries, which it wasn't before. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, we got a couple of custom controllers and they're nice. They, yeah. They look really yeah. good. So maybe I have to play with the new lab and see if we can get some more. Ah, uh, you can make some really ugly things in it and it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. What I would like to see, though... And I'm surprised that this isn't happening, is the elite controllers in the design lab. Yeah, that's interesting. And also, um, somebody asked Major Nelson about it. Why doesn't the Xbox One X come with an elite controller? Because apparently some people were expecting that. There wasn't, mm -hmm. They just didn't show many, anything to do with them. Like a, They're kind of just staying as they are, I guess. No, and that is, that is a first-party controller, isn't it? The Elite, like, yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah. it's an actual Microsoft product, yeah. Right. Hmm. Like, I've, I've never, oh, I mean, I've, I've used one, like, at a convention. I've never, I've ne I don't own one. Like, I mm. don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not fussed about it, to be honest. But people tell me it's good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just surprised that it's not as, it's not part of the design lab, because there definitely mm. are um, alternate colors that you can get it in. It's not just black. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I guess the cost maybe is prohibitive. Yeah. Because well, they're expensive anyway. Yeah. They're, well, the elites are. They're like what two hundred bucks, and the, mm. the the design lab controllers I think are around a hundred. They're about eighty. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it would probably be. Maybe they're like people would be angry about the price if they did. Right. Well, let's talk about the games. Cool. We had mentioned Anthem before. Do you mm. want to tell us a little bit about that game? Yeah, they they used the Anthem to kind of demo the uh, the the capabilities of the uh, Xbox One X. And Anthem, yeah, it's the new game by Bioware, like the core Bioware team, um, the the ones that made the original Mass Effect games. Um, it's a new thing. It you're kind of uh, sci-fi seems like explorers or it, it seems like destiny uh mixed with the division basically mm-hmm. so a lot of people are making that comparison and that really is a pretty good way to describe it like you you put on a suit of armor that's kind of like an iron man thing where you can fly around and seemingly like destiny you fly out of the city and into the wilderness and uh, the, i mean the plot wasn't really revealed but you you shoot enemies and it seems like it's a persistent world where there's you know your friends can join you it i didn't really it wasn't clear whether it's instanced or whether everybody's just you know in a shared world um it it seemed to be some kind of loot system like they kill a bunch of bad guys and then she picks up a a, a you know a named rifle that she gets excited about mm-hmm. it looks beautiful like graphically it looks beautiful. I can see why they chose it to to show off. Um, and it looks interesting. I think it's something that I'm going to want to play. Yeah. But Well, uh, it looks like what they wanted Mass Effect 3 to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and and like I said, no story details were revealed really. I, I we saw that there was there's like very impressive storm effects. There's some kind of storm that comes uh, while they're out adventuring and they have to try, kind of get out of the storm and that looks that looked really impressive uh oh you can go underwater you can like f- you fly and then just splash into water and explore down there it's it's impressive it's <laughs> definitely impressive so it, it just remains to be seen what the game is <laughs> so to speak right well there were a lot like that that we we yes. just saw a trailer but not the actual gameplay right yeah um Another one of those was Life is Strange. Yes. Uh, before the storm. Mm-hmm. We didn't actually see any of the gameplay during the Microsoft press conference, but we did make an appointment with Square Enix to see some um, in their own little presentation. Yeah, they kept it behind the scenes for some reason. Maybe they weren't ready to um, show the public. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's not, it's not playable yet. It's mm. not finished they're still polishing it up i don't think they were ready to show the public yet so it was media only um we did get to play well as a group (laughs) we got to play a little section of it um and then they showed us a few other um clips from later in the game where you see how your choices influence the story yeah um if you've played life is strange it is very similar to that yep um if you haven't uh you follow in the original game, you follow Max, um, who is a high school student and a photographer who finds that she has the ability to rewind time. The game displays all of the ways in which your choices affect your future. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how you speak to people, if you help them out, uh, things like that. Just the way that you treat people and how that influences them in the future. Mm -hmm. The new game follows Chloe Price, one of the characters from um, the original Life is Strange, mm -hmm. and takes place three years before the events of the original. Now, when I saw the trailer for this, I questioned it because Chloe was in the original game. How does she suddenly have a power that she just never mentioned to right. Max? Mm -hmm. Well, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So Pe I was, guess people were speculating that right. she doesn't and she doesn't. <laughs> right. The game was presented by the creative director who told us that based on feedback, um, he removed the powers and made it a more choice-based system. Yeah, he said the people connected with the... The uh, the story and the characters. Yeah, the kind of relatable real-world story mm -hmm. and, and, and reactions and things. And so it, it's just more about that than, uh, than powers. Right. I don't know how this will affect the game. <laughs> well, it, clearly it'll different because I, I i didn't play it i saw you playing a bit and mm -hmm. you know you can you can rewind time and stuff and in this you can't so it's obviously going to change it quite a lot because i saw you selecting dialogue options and then rewinding to choose other dialogue options that's and, right and unlocking things because you learned something from a person and then you can go back in time that's and right then, yeah so you could you could talk to somebody you could get in a fight you could yell at them and then find out secrets and then rewind and then rewind and yeah. say oh hey i'm sorry about your mom and they're like oh I didn't know? even know you knew about her. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all not going to be in this, I guess. Right, hmm. right. So I guess your choices have more impact in this game. Right, because they're locked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the presentation we saw reminded me a lot of the Telltale games. It did, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like for, more straightforward than I, than I have been led to believe that the original Life is Strange is. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I like that. Hmm. But I, I mean... I will definitely play it uh, because I really liked the original. Yeah. Um, it comes out August 31st of this year, so mm -hmm. very soon. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I still question that. <laughs> oh, we'll see. That, was, um, that game is actually made by the company Don't Nod. Mm -hmm. um, we saw another game by them. This wasn't part of the Microsoft press conference, mm -hmm. but I do feel like it's worth mentioning. Yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> so we saw another presentation uh on the game vampire yes vampire is a sort of uh role-playing uh action game where you play a, a vampire obviously someone who has just been transformed into a vampire and i it looks really really cool i'm like super impressed with... So it's a similar game where your choices influence the world around you, and yes. there are multiple possible endings. But you, it, it's like a role-playing game, but normally in a role-playing game, you gain experience by killing things, uh, and that is sort of similar in this, except uh, because you're a vampire, you have to kill people, and the world is populated by specific people. There aren't just kind of random, no-name, like people for you to kill everybody in the world has a purpose and a story and a family and a role and they all have different level different xp levels that you can get from them and you have to decide 
who you're going to kill because once mm-hmm. you once you kill someone they are gone from the game and it will affect the world like it will change it will affect other people in the world it will affect areas it will affect any number of things and so you have to be very very careful about your decisions if you're going to you're going to try and level up because you do need to level up to progress in the game and so the example they showed is you can uh, follow uh, a guy around you discover that maybe he's he's killed some people uh but you don't want to be rash because you you want to find out what's going on so you you speak to him you investigate further you you find out his you know he's got some stuff going on with his mother and all that kind of stuff and then you find out all these clues about these various people and at the end of it you're left with kind of this family tree of people with varying levels of experience that you'll get from them like you can see like oh if one if one of them is very healthy you'll get more xp from them but they might also be very influential and killing them will could cause problems so uh it, it's it's fantastic like it, it seems really really cool and it's possible he said to create a situation where you ruin basically ruin everything <laughs> like you screw up the yep. whole you screw up everything for everybody and you can still win but you'll just get a really shitty ending yeah i'm really excited about it yeah yeah me too is uh like i said don't nod made a great game with life is strange so i'm excited to play this one yeah and so as you kill people you drink their blood and then you can rest and use the xp that you gain from them to level up and purchase new abilities and and that stuff's more straightforward like you, mm-hmm. you gain new abilities and that enables you to fight more powerful enemies and progress further in the game um but yeah just the whole aspect of of having to coexist with with these people and uh make judgments on them is it's, yeah it's it's very cool i i i when he, when he explained it i was like I can't believe no one's done this before. It's so cool. Yeah. And what we saw was very early, so none of the menu screens were really finished yet. Right, um, it was placeholder text yeah, and stuff. But But yeah, I mean it was visually very good and uh it's very compelling. But look out for that game. Mhm. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm sure of yes. it. Yes. Uh one of the biggest games that Microsoft announced this year, Microsoft and Ubisoft. Mm. Uh, but this was at the Microsoft press conference. It was the new Assassin's Creed Origins. Yes. So Ubisoft took a year off. Um, <laughs> I like how last year they actually had to announce that they weren't making any Assassin's <laughs> Creed games. And yeah. that was a big announcement in itself. It's gotten um, they hand. did make two peripherals, but not a major game. Right. Mobile games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The new one takes mm. place in Egypt. Uh, you play as Bayek who is protecting Egypt from threats. Mm. Um, it's a more open-world game than the previous ones. It uh, has more RPG elements, yeah. like leveling and crafting. Yeah, and um, had, like loot, like uh, special... Like, it seemed like he was picking up new weapons and stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, yep. There is a bigger open-world map, and there are new things in this, like underwater exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, in previous ones, you could swim, but this one actually has stuff like underwater that you can explore and uh, have fights. And you have an eagle in this game uh, Mm -hmm. called Senyu, who is a scout. Uh, It's kind of like the mechanic from Tom Clancy's Wildlands. Yeah, it reminded me of that a lot. Yeah. With the drone? In a good way. Oh, yeah, totally. So I think there are less things to climb 
but you can send up your <laughs> scout eagle yep. to to pick up enemies and to plan your attacks. So this could be kind of cool because I was kind of disenfranchised with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, we've done the parkour stuff. We've seen all mm -hmm. that. So to do something different, I think, is is smart. It's yeah, it looks cool. Uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah, and they did take a year off to do this. Yeah. So hopefully they've put a lot of work into it. Hopefully people's and... faces won't disappear. Oh, uh, <laughs> that in in all of the previews, they are very well rendered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks it I mean on the 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 Xbox One X it looks beautiful, so. Mm -hmm. Um there are a couple more that I can kind of blow through a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, they announced a lot like 40 something games at, yep. at Microsoft. Like and and I mean so some of them were, I'm sure will reveal themselves to be more interesting, but a lot of them were just kind of quick trailers. So, uh, we've got Sea of Thieves by Rare, which yeah, is an open world MMO with pirates. I need to apologize to them because I think I said on one of the recaps during the week that it didn't really test the power of the Xbox One X. I was mistaken when I actually saw up close the game. The water in Sea of Thieves looks amazing. Mm -hmm. So while it's cartoony, uh, and I guess I didn't appreciate the details, uh, when you when you see it up close, it actually visually is is quite impressive. It was also cool. It was also cool to see a team of four co-op this game. Um, oh man, it looks like <laughs> so much fun. This is your captain speaking. Yeah. Uh, can everybody get starboard for the? Yeah, great. It looks it looks like it's gonna be fun. Yeah. The only pro, only concern I have about it is. Uh, I don't know how much game there is. Right. That's my only concern because we've right. I, we saw them. Yep, you sail, then you get to an island, then you go down into a cave, solve a puzzle, get the treasure, come back up. There's some skeletons that aren't very hard to kill, and then you get back on the boat. Like, all right, what else happens? We've got Middle Earth: Shadow of War that comes out October 10th, 2017. Um, we've got State of Decay 2 mm. coming out in 2018. Yeah. yeah. We've got. <laughs> the Last Night um, by oh. the company Odd Tales, which looks like a really awesome Blade Runner-esque game. Yeah, we didn't really see much gameplay, but the, it looks amazing, like visually amazing. Mm. And we've got the game that Microsoft announced that I personally am most excited for, mm. um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah. Which is a follow-up to Ori and the Blind Forest, which is a Metroidvania style game mm. um, where you play as a little light being. Um, this looks, it's such an emotional game, the first one, <laughs> yeah. and already from the trailer, this one follows suit, so I'm very excited about that. Cool. It's a great game, but it is incredibly frustrating at times. <laughs> That's, I mean, that kind of wraps up Microsoft's press conference, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. a way. Like yes. you said, they announced about 40 games, we can't go through them all here, but you can find lists of them online. Yep. If we skipped something, uh, comment or messages this podcast at multiplenerdgasm.com let us know and we'll try and discuss it you know in, mm -hmm. in the near future just let us know yep or you can find all of these press conferences online actually mm -hmm. um they're all about an hour ish yeah in length you know we we kind of just highlighted the ones that we think people would be excited to play and that we're excited to play the bethesda conference followed the microsoft conference on sunday i really liked their introduction it was very yeah. cute the yep. it's like very family centric with yes. all of the um the children of the developers and the writers talking about what their parents do 
Yeah, it was cute. Incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think actually Bethesda killed it at this press conference. Um, they created Bethesda Land, which was a um, an amusement park with little sections from all their games. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a Doom area, which gave out cocktails in a little skull head glass. Um, they had Fallout Land, which um, had a big Ferris wheel. Uh, they had, I think they had um, another of the diner from Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it looked very cool. And their t-shirts were awesome, and I want one. <laughs> Bethesda Land ones. Yeah. Yeah. They've copped a bit of criticism, though, for for their announcements. Well, to be fair, they didn't really announce much. They did, but it's yeah. all it's either sequels or it's the same game that they've announced several yeah. times in the past few years. Like, yeah. how many times can they announce Skyrim? <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. It's Every just, year until the eternity. Game, like... The game that just keeps getting announced. Yeah. Yeah, now on Nintendo Switch, they did re-announce their games on VR. Yes, and this caught my attention immediately because I knew that they were doing Fallout VR. They The first thing that they announced was the Doom. It's called Doom VFR. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you listeners will probably know, I loved the new Doom like so much. It was my favorite game last year. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so cool. But then the video made me go wait a minute and i was a bit skeptical because it looked like in order to move you have to kind of point to a spot and then you teleport to it and you you do do that but apparently you can also move normally and dash from side to side quickly and stuff so i don't know i'm still i'm cautiously optimistic about it but i'm that makes it sound like a like a vr point and click Exactly. So I'm still not sure about it. However, everyone's saying it it is the best of the Bethesda VR games. So unfortunately, we didn't get to play any. Um, oh man, the lines because were the lines so long. were enormous. It's crazy. Yeah, um, but we did get to done. watch some. Oh yeah, yeah. They were all so, in just glass booths, so you could watch people making a fool of themselves. Yeah, it's my favorite thing about conventions these days. <laughs> I don't really like playing VR at conventions. No, it's because a- it totally. Like, yeah, you can't hear anyone around you. You can't see yeah. anyone. You kind of forget that you're in the middle of a convention hall. <laughs> yeah. And I can't imagine, like, playing Doom. Like, that's a scary game. Well, that's that's why I'm, I'm wondering, because the, the, the whole point of Doom is that you're running around really fast and you have to keep moving and it's, like, it's very fast-paced and tense. And then just, I don't know, looking at the way it was being controlled, I, I'm skeptical about it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, like I said, people are saying it's good and it's the better of them, so I'm, I'm optimistic. But I don't know; it looks clunky to me. I'm worried that it's not going to have the same. Uh, I'm not going to like it as much as I yeah. did the original. Uh, and then they they also showed a clip of Fallout in VR during the presentation, and it it functions how you would expect. You can look down at your Pip Boy, and you can shoot stuff, and then apparently you can walk by pushing forward and looking in the direction you want to go um and apparently it's fine except the controls are really really clunky and it comes out very soon so right so they're going to continue to be clunky that's the concern yeah okay apparently in particular when you try and use the pip boy or the menus 
because you know the pit bull. You you know you know familiar yep. with Fallout. You don't like them. You played it before though, right? Mm-hmm. You know how the pit boys like your inventory and your health and your map and all of that. Yeah. Apparently that's all very very clunky. It comes out in October. Uh, and and Doom VFR comes out this year, but there's not a firm date set. So we get them both this year. But then actually they showed there was uh, there was another one, but that was shown during the Sony presentation. So we'll wait for that, I guess. <laughs> um, they've also announced the Creation Club. We've had mods hmm. forever um, <laughs> in the world of Skyrim. Um, only recently have they moved to consoles. Yes. And now Bethesda has announced the Creation Club. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Creation Club is apparently uh, c- kind of curated collections of mods uh, that you can purchase. I believe you have to purchase them that will add content to the game. And I guess the idea is that they will still be compatible with your save games. Like they'll guarantee that because sometimes when you still a mod, it just fucks everything up. Mm-hmm. and and it, and it breaks the game they're going to guarantee that these won't uh and you'll your save games will still work and you can still get achievements with these ones installed because on a console if you install a mod achievements are disabled right uh for that save game yeah but they didn't announce what they are they just said that that's that they're going to be mm-hmm. curated collections mm-hmm. um they also showcased morrowind mm-hmm. um the elder scrolls online that looks cool. Um, that's kind of the reason I bought the Elder Scrolls Online because I knew this was coming out. So I guess I got to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had The Evil Within two. Yes. This game is produced by Shinji Mikami mm-hmm. of Resident Evil fame. Yes. Um, he wrote the original Evil Within, but I think he is uh not not as prominent on this one. Okay. Which, I mean, could be a good thing, because The Evil Within was not a great game. Yes. <laughs> but The Evil Within 2 follows the story of Sebastian Castellanos from the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, he is searching for the daughter who he presumed dead at the end of The Evil Within. Right. He once again has to re-enter Stem to find her. Right. Stem is the collective mind thing. From the first game, uh, <laughs> yeah. which influences everyone's minds. Right. They had a an exhibit on experience. the experience too. An experience. Mm. No gameplay, unfortunately. Actually, not much to it other than just the trailer. Yeah. And this game comes out Friday, the thirteenth of October this year, so it's not that far in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there. It was one of those um, like a horror maze, but without much of it (laughs) it had screens that had the game on them but i didn't realize that that was all it was and so i didn't really stop to look at them and then by the time we got to the end and i realized oh this is it It, i'd already passed them and then it was too late when you say by the time it sounds like like a considerable amount of time had passed it was just a couple of hallways yeah the 30 Um, seconds you can actually see we do do a full walkthrough. Um, yep. You can see it on our Instagram, uh, multiple nerdgasm. But yeah, you can see the whole thing. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more to that. Fortunately, yep. it was not a very long line. <laughs> That's right. Go well, on. Comparatively, <laughs> it was still about half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the longest line we did wait in though was for 
Bethesda's biggest announcement mm. was Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Yes. Uh, this game comes out October 27th this year, mm-hmm. and it follows the story of BJ Blaskowitz. Blaskowitz? Mm-hmm. Blaskowitz, yeah. Blaskowitz. BJ Blaskowitz. It's called um, BJ. Call, <laughs> yeah. After World War II, when the Nazis won. Yep. And they took over America. <laughs> yeah, this what? game's pretty fun. We got to play about 20 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I their choice of uh, of demo curious. So I don't, did I. I don't know mm-hmm. why they chose to let us play a section where the main character is in a wheelchair and fairly difficult to maneuver. Mm-hmm. Like, and that that was the that was the extent of the gameplay. Like, we didn't get to I, unless right. that's the there whole was a game. Scene. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. Hmm. And it was also very difficult. Yeah, they said that they're going to address that, uh, and that that's that was a complaint <laughs> at the expo. At the, because at the... I I didn't play on, like I think I played on not not normal, but maybe one above it. Yeah, I just went for the whatever the default is. Hurt me plenty. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was. Are, there are like five levels of difficulty, so whatever like the center one was mm-hmm. is what I played on, and it was tough. Yeah, well, he's just he's in a wheelchair. It's hard to maneuver. Right. Like, and and because when he's shooting, he's only using one hand on the wheel to to move, mm-hmm. so he's slowed down. And I mean, it all makes sense. It's just very, I don't know. It's just tricky and a bit clunky. And I don't know. Like, I get it. It's it's realistic, but is it fun? Question mark. That because when you look at the trailer for the game, the game looks more like it plays like Doom. He's running around. He's shooting yep. the zombies. Not zombies. Nazis, and they're. You know, it's very fast-paced, and he's doing the glory kills on them, and and it it looks more like Doom. And then when we played it, it's very different. That that particular level was very different. Wolfenstein is actually a prequel to Doom. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's the same family. It's a descendant of BJ that you play as in Doom. Yeah. Some of the <laughs> demons are the same. Right. It's a fun fact for you. Yeah. It sounds like I'm I'm ragging on it, but I'm not. I actually really enjoyed it. I just thought mm-hmm. it was a really curious section to show. But then maybe that was the point, right? Is that it was fairly unique in in sequence because you're going to end up on a conveyor belt and then there's a section where you fall out of the wheelchair and so you yeah, can't actually move. Yeah, you have to drag yourself shoot. back over to it. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't know. It, it was neat. It was just like I said, it just wasn't what I was expecting from the trailer that they had on the screens. I was expecting me running around shooting Nazis, and I was instead I was carefully rolling around <laughs> shooting nazis but bethesda set up a really awesome booth for that yeah it was sick which looks like papa joe's diner yeah and you got a milkshake it was really awesome <laughs> they were handing out strawberry milkshakes yeah it was good it was fun i, I yeah, had a good time definitely that was worth waiting in line for i think yeah yeah one of the few that was i think mm-hmm. no offense to the other vendors it's just that it was a very long wait so you had to do something special to make it worthwhile that's right if it was just to play a game that is coming out in four months yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I can just stand behind people and watch them play it. Yeah. I, and then move on to the next one. But this this was more of an experience and that was cool. Yeah. Well, we can move on to Ubisoft. They've got the crew too. Yeah, that's that's a game. The highly anticipated Just Dance 2018. <laughs> yeah. They've got another pirate game, Skull and Bones. Yeah, that looks really pretty, but then I don't know, like when it first came on I was like, "Oh, wow, that looks cool." And then I don't know, as they explained it, I was like, oh, okay, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not going to be a good game. It's just not for me. It's a multiplayer uh, kind of co-op thing, similar to um, to oh, 
fucking similar to Sea of Thieves, except more serious. It's not it's not cartoony, mm-hmm. uh, and it it seems like more strategy and battle centric than individual goofy fun centric. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be good. It's just not for me. Right. We've also got Starlink Battle for Atlas, which is a figurine collectible cashing in on the Amigo. Amigo? What? Amigo. Hey, Amigo! <laughs> cashing in on Amiibos. Uh-huh. I don't see that this is going to take off. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, such a weird thing to announce after Disney just closed down their whole fucking studio. Because right. Infinity failed. Right. It's like... another, like, figurine collectible... You build ships and then can play them in the game. Yeah, you like bolt the weapons onto the ship. Like you've got a physical toy of a ship and you can change the weapons on it and then it changes in the game to match. I mean, that's cool, but eh, yeah, it's not that cool. They, they didn't really convince me that it was anything. No, much. I don't think they tried too hard either. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, here's a thing. I was like, ah, cool. Here's a new figuring thing. Sorry. Mm. Sorry if like <laughs> somebody was really proud of that. Sorry to your parents' wallets. Crushing their dreams. You can make someone else at Ubisoft cry. Speaking of crushing someone's dreams, (laughs) my favorite moment of E3 this year. He was happy he wasn't crushed. Adorable. He was overwhelmed with joy. Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle was announced at the Ubisoft press conference. And it's something that people tore into. The Rabbids are like the minions um, from Rayman. Yeah. Who got popular have their own franchise from rayman or now... from um i thought you meant the minions from what's that no, despicable sorry. me yeah yeah i mean or rabbits both. are from rayman oh they're they're the equivalent of the minions from despicable me <laughs> yeah these irritating little creatures who can't speak and communicate <laughs> and screams yeah and have now infiltrated mario i was like what the hell is this and why does it exist and then when right. they showed the gameplay I was like, oh, it's like XCOM. Oh, it looks really fun. But then still, why does this exist? Right. Like, why isn't it just a Mario game? Well, a lot of people took issue with this. So weird. And then um, I think it, it was somebody on Twitter who said, before you all tear into this game, have a look at the developer who yeah. was crying during the pe- press conference because he's so proud of what he's created. He's so adorable. He's adorable. His name is David Soliani from Ubisoft Milan. He was a fanboy of Miyamoto. Aww. That's why. Of course. Way, way back, he had waited outside his hotel or something like that to meet him and <laughs> wanted to ask for his autograph. And now he was got a chance to present his game idea to him. We got name dropped as well by Miyamoto. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's the cutest moment. Just <laughs> please, like, just find this video. He's adorable. Adorable. <laughs> and look, I think this game looks pretty fun. I, I, it's, I don't yeah. know why it exists. It's weird. I think maybe it's just that Nintendo wouldn't really make a game like this. And so, like, it took Ubisoft to, to make it happen. It's weird. Whatever. It looks cool. Right. Um, I don't have a actually, switch. I'm probably not going to get one. So <laughs> we retweeted a tweet from him where yes. he he got back home to Italy, and the Ubisoft team gave him a shirt with a picture of him crying on it and the mm-hmm. hashtag "Don't cry, Ubisoft man." Yeah. Oh, so cute. So good. I love this guy. I want to play this game just for this guy because it's <laughs> so adorable. We have to buy a switch then. So Liani, buy me a switch. <laughs> 
and say nice things about your game. If you <laughs> well, actually, no, let's not set a precedent for that. <laughs> yep. When our opinions are not for sale. We've also got Far Cry 5. Yeah. Uh, which comes out February 27th, 2018. Yeah, this looks cool. I got kind of bored with Far Cry, but this uh, this one looks interesting. And f- yeah. for the same reasons that some people don't like it, I like it. <laughs> it's, it's set in a fictional Montana town where mm-hmm. a radical preacher named Joseph Seed has formed the Doomsday Cult. And you play as the main protagonist with some guns for hire yep. um, that try to take him down. I'm a bit confused as to why you're trapped in a town in Montana. Like, it, it's, I mean, they say that you can't leave. Mm-hmm. At least they said in the presentation. I don't know what the plot is. I don't know how they handle that in the plot. But, you I mean, you've got a guy with a plane helping you. Right. I mean, surely maybe it's just... because of the cult. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's just because you can't leave because you've got to complete the mission, which is fine. Right. It just, I'm, I was just confused about what, why can't he physically leave? I don't know, but it does look pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's Visually a pretty stunning. Good, yeah, it's a pretty good concept, I think, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't think because it's caught a lot of flack for Americans being the terrorists. Yeah, people are upset because they're like, well, our own people wouldn't do that. Well, they do do that. And that's they why, have done that. Yeah, that's why they made a game about it. Yep. <laughs> It's based on the real-world events that happen sometimes. Yeah, and the developers of this game actually researched quite heavily and met with cult experts. Mm-hmm. Um, cult to, experts. Cult experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make sure that they got everything right, that there would be like the main guy who's very relatable, very personable, but also yeah. kind of psychotic. Charismatic um, psycho. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then... like the other people that work for him so they tried to make sure that they got all of that correct i hope he's like a charlie manson type <laughs> that would be entertaining um i've actually i've read some articles about the jonestown jonestown jonesboro which one jonestown the, about, the kool-aid yeah was that jonestown uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? about the yeah. jonestown cult and it sounds very similar to that um yeah jim jones it seems like joseph seed is is a a jim jones character where he is like a great guy and really nice and very welcoming but kind of crazy crazy (laughs) yeah Yeah. jonestown if you don't know like matt said drink the Mm -hmm. kool-aid he would call over the loudspeaker like they're coming to attack us everybody quickly we have to all like kill ourselves before they get us because they will torture us and they'll do all these horrible things and would do fake outs like he would give them all cyanide laced kool-aid which they would be surprised they didn't die and then he'd say no i got you but now i know that you're on my side so we're all good until one day he actually did that and killed like almost a thousand people Mm. kids included crazy yeah yeah it happens unfortunately it does so i guess i don't really see why people are upset about this game uh, I do and I don't. I guess they just don't want to think about it. They, right. they would, you know, you play video games to escape into a, kind mm-hmm. of, you know. I mean, and the other thing too, I, the other complaint I've heard is, you know, Far Cry has been set in the jungle traditionally, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm less concerned about that. I think the concept is still sound. It's like right. an open world where you go around and you've got, you know, kind of these bad guys to tackle. It's. I don't. I don't see that it has to be set in a jungle specifically. Right. I think it looks good. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm keen to play it. Uh, we've also got Beyond Good and Evil Two, which is the prequel mm. to the 2003 game. The graphics on this look amazing. Well, see, 
it was a kind of pre-rendered thing, which is disappointing because it means, is that what the game's going to look like? Right. Right. Or because, you know, they, they do this to us. Mm -hmm. These game developers, they do this. They make a movie so. and then you don't actually get to play the movie. Exactly. I haven't played the first one, I have to admit. Neither have I. It's a game that everybody keeps talking about, how it's one of their favorite games. And when I say I haven't played it, they're like, <gasps> and then I'm, I'm ashamed. But I still haven't, still haven't gotten around to it. So I'm going to have to do that because we have the uh, remastered version, I think, on the Xbox. So I'll have to do that. And then we have my most anticipated game of the year. <laughs> yep. Uh, this game is actually delayed. It should have been out already, but it is now coming out in October. South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Mm, so good. I, it, it looks so good. The Stick so of Truth good. was such a great game. And yeah. this game is going to be great. I don't even like f the Final Fantasy style games. And I liked Stick of Truth because it was just funny enough. And and this is even, this is different. It's like the combat's different. Mm -hmm. Like it's, oh God, it just looks so funny. And I just can't wait to play. And it, I don't even care if the game plays sucks. Like it's no, going to be know. good anyway. It's an interactive <laughs> episode of South Park. Yeah, it's going to be good. But hopefully the gameplay will be good. They've also announced Phone Destroyer. Which yes. is coming out uh, sometime in 2017, but they haven't announced when. It looks like a competitor to Hearthstone and mm -hmm. uh, Elder Scrolls Legends. Actually, they demoed yep. Elder Scrolls Legends at Bethesda did. I don't know why. It's already out. But uh, it looks like a competitor to those. Yeah, it's a card collection game. Yeah. PvP. Except it's probably a million times funnier than the others. Oh, yes. Almost certainly. That was a that was a good surprise because I've been excited about the fractured butthole for a while, and mm -hmm. now we get two, yeah, in one year. Excellent. So that kind of wraps it up for the Ubisoft panel. Mm -hmm. We've got Sony now, which I have to say I don't really know much about. I've never been I've never been a on the PlayStation side of the console war. No, I've, I've always had been Microsoft. I've had I had an original PlayStation, I had PlayStation 2, I bought a PlayStation 3 fairly late on to play some of the exclusives. Um but I've yeah, no, my my primary console for a long time has been an Xbox. So uh I I don't know that I some of these games look good, but none mm -hmm. of them look good enough for me to buy another console. Right. Uh except for one. Uh and we'll, so maybe we'll just move through them and then I mean, people probably <laughs> probably know what I'm going to say if they listen to our show, but but um, uh, why don't we work our way through them and then I'll point well, out. Well, we've got Call of Duty World War II, which eh. I think is kind of cool um, because I liked the original Call of Duty 1 and 2, which were set during World War II. Yeah. And then when it became these fictional wars, I just wasn't quite as into that. But I do get it. We do have plenty of real life war games. Yeah probably a solid shooter i just i don't really care about it that much we've also got god of war which takes kratos into norse mythology rather than the greek that it was mm. previously in yeah, he um, killed all like those a, gods yeah so like a soft on. reboot for the the franchise <laughs> yeah uh it, i mean it looks beautiful i played one and i played a bit of two and i liked them but i didn't finish them so i don't know this looks good i don't know that i would you know drop the money on a new console for it Something that I thought was cool is that it is composed by Bear McCreary. Oh, yeah. Who did the music for Battlestar Galactica, which I did not like, but I do like his music. Yeah, he's a quality composer. He's real good. He does uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
and he does uh, The Walking Dead and a bunch of other <clears> stuff. <throat> He's very good. We've got Final Fantasy Stormblood. Yes. They actually had a blood donation van there, so that was neat. Yeah, it was cool. Um, Final Fantasy fifteen Monsters of the Deep. Yeah, they did a whole segment on VR stuff. This is one of the VR games. This looks weird as hell. Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't understand. I could just go fishing. I don't it's, need to go VR fishing. In case, in case you haven't seen this, it, it's like it's the whatever the Final Fantasy game was it fifteen right with the it's got you know those guys the gothy looking dudes and then you go fishing with them and it's a fishing game and. Someone told me it's fun. Like, to my face, someone said, no, 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 I know it looks stupid, but it's actually fun. So, <laughs> I mean, all right, I'm not going to call him a liar. So, uh, apparently it's fun. I just, <laughs> I looked, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, all right, cool. It's a fishing game. Um, And then we've got Detroit Become Human, which is David Cage's new game from Quantic mm. Dream. It is inspired by uh the... Singularity is near by Ray Kurzweil, where mm -hmm. the machines take, like, become human. Right. Um, and set in Detroit, which was chosen because of the economic decline that the area faced. So right. there are some places that are really nice, and then some that are just abandoned, which we saw when we visited Detroit last mm -hmm. year. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like bizarre the the mm. transitions between the two areas. It's so sudden. This game went from like holy shit, this looks great, to, right. oh, I don't know if I like the gameplay, to, oh, it's a David Cage game. Yeah, it was like a <laughs> roller coaster. I was like, mm -hmm. ooh, 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 ugh, ugh. When I saw, like, how that section of the game was played, I was like, oh, no, he's just like, it, it's just like, choose your own adventure. Right. And then as it, and then it was like, oh, Quantic Dream. Oh, okay, so there probably is more to it, hopefully. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll because it's a Quantic Dream. It's probably going to be a PlayStation exclusive. That one might have to be a skip unless I buy right. another PS4 at some point. Quantic Dream, if you don't know, is the uh, company that made Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Yes, and and uh, Fahrenheit as well, which is a classic weird game. They do they're cool games, very story driven games with odd, interesting stories. Yeah, and then I don't I don't know if this was actually showcased at the Sony press conference. But it is a Sony and PC exclusive. Um, it is Cliff Blazinski's new game uh, oh, yeah. from Boss Key Studios, Lawbreakers, which we actually got to play. Yes. It's out August 8th. It's kind of like, I think it, I mean, it's very, very similar to Unreal Tournament. Yeah, people comparing it to Overwatch. I've only played a little bit of Overwatch. Uh, I don't think it is, to be honest. I don't think it's that similar to Overwatch. No, and he actually said, Overwatch, this is yeah. way better. I don't yeah I don't think so at all. It's I don't know, it's super fast paced. It's kind of like uh the what we played was the uh was capture the ball or, or something. <laughs> Just capture it the flag with the capture, ball, it, yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean it was fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I'm um, terrible at it and I have no idea how to use a PlayStation controller and it yeah. actually took me about 3 minutes just to figure out how to put the thing in invert. But <laughs> yeah. once I did and get the got the hang of it, it was better. Yeah, it was a fun game. I um if it was on Xbox, I'd probably I'd probably play it. So, yep, plus uh, I love Cliffy B. Yeah, Cliffy B's cool. He's a cool dude. He makes cool games. Mm-hmm. So He made the Gears of War games. Yep. Jazz Jackrabbit, Unreal, the original Unreal. Yep. Yeah. Which is why I think this is so much like it. He used to wear really cool shiny suits. <laughs> Sorry, Cliffy, if you're listening to this. We love you. 
I remember you from Something Awful's Smarty Man game developer Survivor Island. That's an obscure reference, if any of our listeners know what that is. <laughs> um, they showed some other cool stuff uh, in VR, uh, like Skyrim, they showed in VR, but apparently it's not very good. That was the other Bethesda one that, that got mm-hmm. announced, and it made me go, ooh, ooh, ooh. But apparently it's yeah, it's nowhere near complete. It's clunky. It doesn't look very good on the VR headset. Like, it does, doesn't hold up. Um, and it was really disappointing for those who got to play it. So that's a shame. Did they announce that during Sony? Uh, yeah, they showed it uh, as part of the VR oh, okay. of the Sony presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one VR thing that Sony announced that looked cool. It was called the Inpatient. Uh, it's where you're, you're a men- mental asylum patient who's with amnesia, and you get checked in and you have to figure out what's going on and why you're there. Uh, and apparently it is a prequel to the game Until Dawn that everyone freaking loved that also I didn't get to play because it was PS exclusive. Um, so I'm sure that's exciting for people who, who played Until Dawn. Uh, they announced the new Uncharted. That uh, That's not a Nathan Drake game. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a new one with a lady protagonist. Uh, it looked cool. It looked like Uncharted. Fair enough. It's kind of like Tomb Raider. Yeah. More like yeah. Tomb Raider than Uncharted did before well, in it. I mean, that's what... They're basically uh, the same game. Uncharted with a lady is Tomb Raider, so... Yeah. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> uh, it's a remaster of Shadow of the Colossus. Um, and the... Uh, oh, Destiny 2, which will excite uh, Darcy. Listen to Darcy. <laughs> He's going to be super into Destiny 2. I like Destiny. It's fun. So, um, Destiny to look interesting, I guess. More of the same. Uh, but the game that I'm actually interested in on PS4, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. When they showed that, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to buy one. Because it looks like Arkham Knight with Spider-Man, basically, to me. It looks really good. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that'll get released on other platforms. Probably not, though. Because it will be a, a good seller, I think, for the PlayStation. Yeah. But yeah, it looks the controls look really cool, and uh, the you know the his Spider-Man uh, related activities seemed really authentic and captured the essence of the character really well from from the demo they showed. Got me really excited because the Spider-Man games traditionally have been a bit shit, so <laughs> this one looks like a really good one. <laughs> I I played the old ones anyway; they were just not very good. <laughs> right. I looked them. Nintendo had the last press conference of the event. I think their biggest announcement they showed absolutely nothing for. Yeah. And that was Metroid 4. Yeah. They just made everybody freak out and then just showed us a picture of the logo. Yep. That would make me want to buy a Switch. Metroid <laughs> 4. I'd have to see the game because <clears throat> you never know. The Metroid for the um, 3DS was not great. Or was it the 3DS or the DS, actually? I think of the DS, maybe. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'll wait and see. Well, we know literally nothing about it. Exactly. Other than the name and that it's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know that there is a new Pokemon Tournament Deluxe game coming out, uh, yeah. which will be followed by another Pokemon Core RPG Yeah. for the Switch. That seemed like... Inevitable. Well, people thought they were going to announce that the other week as mm-hmm. part of the Nintendo Direct. Well, sorry, no, the Pokemon Company, I think, does their own announcements and people thought they were going to announce game for switch game freak right 
mm-hmm. they thought they were going to announce one for Switch, but they didn't. They announced uh, stuff about a new 3DS game only. And so everyone right. was kind of like freaking out, like, what are they doing? Why isn't there a Switch game? And so I this kind of felt like throwing the fans a bone and saying, yeah, we're, we're making one. It's just yeah. <laughs> we have literally nothing to show you. <laughs> Um, an interesting point, uh, Nintendo doesn't actually do a press conference anymore. Right. Um, I think last year, uh, and from then on, they've decided that it's they'd prefer to do a pre-recorded one. Yeah, Nintendo uh, Direct. I guess it saves a huge amount of money. Yep. That, but... I'm sure it does, yeah. <laughs> Just and play they the actually thing did and... this, uh, the Nintendo press conference was the first day of E3. So it was only like an hour or two before it that we were all watching this only like half an hour long yeah. conference. Um, they showed Splatoon two. Yes, people love that the, game. Yeah, the the paintball shooter. It looks cool. I have to mm-hmm. check it out. It's coming out in July, July twenty first of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, two games for twenty eighteen: Kirby and Yoshi. Mm. <laughs> I like how they don't have a full name. It's just no. Kirby. It's it's kind of like. We promise we're making games for the Switch. We promise. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give up on it. We, we promise this game's coming. Uh, we've got Fire Emblem Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fire Emblem's fun. It's like a turn-based combat game. like Kind of like a, a simpler version of the kind of XCOM thing we were talking about. Fire mm-hmm. Emblem games are, are, are good and they're very popular. There's a mobile one, actually, on, on iPhone, I think, at the moment that's really popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some DLC for Breath of the Wild, the Zelda mm. game. Um, Have they ever had DLC for a Zelda game before? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. So that should be interesting to see how they handle it. No, I mean, we've had Zelda DLC for other games. Right. Like uh, Mario Kart. Um, Right, right. No, I don't think that there has ever been DLC for a Zelda game. Yeah, they haven't done... Well, Nintendo hasn't done a huge amount of DLC before, so... Right. Uh, As far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm. Podcast on multiplenerdgasm.com, tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) They also announced that there will be if you um if you scan your amiibos into your Switch while playing Skyrim, you get some Legends of Zelda stuff. I was really excited about Skyrim on the Switch, but then when we were watching the presentation and I saw the you know the the stuff with the Zelda add on you know the, the Master Sword and the shield yeah. and the and all that and, and all <clears> that the tunic. Yeah, and I was paying attention to the game. I, I don't know whether it was just the stream was poor quality or what but it, it occurred to me that the switch is about as far as i'm aware about the the power of an xbox 360 mm-hmm. and skyrim on the xbox 360 looks terrible i don't look terrible <laughs> it wasn't it's certainly not the you know the the what do they call it the the special edition that we get on the xbox one and it's not gonna have the mods and all that stuff mm-hmm. i would think on on the switch so I kind of had this reality check that they probably didn't intend. Like it had the reverse effect. Right. Instead of making me excited, it actually made me go, wait a minute. This is probably a shitty version of a game I already have <laughs> that maybe I don't want anymore. Yeah. So remains to be seen. I think maybe I just maybe I just want to play Skyrim on my Xbox or my PC. Um, well, Nintendo's biggest announcement is Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. That comes out October 27th. Uh, yeah. 2017 where you play as mario it's another game with exploration based levels like Mm. mario 64 was which is awesome yeah where you 
try to rescue Peach from Bowser, who is intending to marry her. <laughs> uh, people are going to be complaining about the plot, I'm sure. Well, oh, people are always complaining. Mm. There is a new feature. Um, two new features, actually. One is local two-player. <laughs> That's cool. Yep. Really cool. I wish that Mario 64 had that. And the other new feature is Cappy. Yeah. Uh, Mario's hat. Who can The be... soul-stealing hat. <laughs> yes, a soul-stealing hat, which can be thrown onto people or objects to possess them for a short time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the levels were based on real-world places, like uh, New York City, for instance, in the game, is New Donk City, <laughs> which Nintendo That's... built Not to... Not the best name. I know. But Nintendo built New Donk City. Um at E3, and there was a huge display, really, really cool. We'll have some pictures up so you can check it out on our Instagram mm. at Multiple Nerdgasm. Um, it was a very cool. Yeah, it was, it was a fun setup. It's very strange to watch this game where the little cartoon Mario is running around in what is essentially real life New York City with people yeah. in business suits. Yeah, it's such really jarring. Not jarring, mm-hmm. it's just, it looks weird. Like, to have the... I mean, because they're not even super realistic-looking people, but they're, like, normal-sized, and they've got right. suits and, you know, 50s-style mm-hmm. suits and, and fedoras and stuff on, and it just looks weird. But, uh, but, I mean, the game looks fun. So It does. It looks very cool. And they have announced some new Amiibos to accompany that game and some others. Mm. Um, there is another... There's a new um, wedding peach mario and bowser <laughs> uh they've also announced some breath of the wild amiibos and some metroid ones oh god the metroid the met the actual metroid one is so cool i will post a picture of it it looks really really awesome that's so cool i'm gonna have to buy it um i don't know the release date of those but i believe it's this year later this year <laughs> delicious that kind of does it for the press conferences some companies didn't have a press conference the size of the others a lot, you know a lot of stuff got announced kind of behind the scenes and just online during e3 mm-hmm. so and some were there but didn't have press conferences they just showed their games at some of the other pressers like say activision showed yeah. uh call of duty and destiny at the sony one mm-hmm. yeah, yeah capcom was there yep there was a, a new call of cthulhu game um, mm-hmm. which was Focus had, uh, I think they had some press stuff there for it, um, but it wasn't on display, but they released a trailer during E3, which you should definitely check out. It's the new Call of Cthulhu game. It looks awesome. Uh, and there's probably a ton of stuff that we missed because like we said, it's actually pretty tough keeping on top of it all while you're there compared right. to, to and, and even at home, I'm sure it's tough, but the you know, phone reception is not great in mm-hmm. the convention hall. So if something gets announced, like we didn't know about it, until later that's right you kind of need somebody there and somebody who is at home following along with it exactly but uh, it wasn't just games and uh, consoles there were there were some vendors and other things there too there were like we said this is the first year that they had vendors um so there were some that were just selling video game stuff like yes. t-shirts and whatever but then there were also some which they have had in previous years because there weren't vendors as such they were more trying to market their brand um, yes. to distributors. Yeah, people trying to sell stuff to stores to sell kind of mm-hmm. thing, like like for GameSpot to stock and that kind of thing. 
GameStop to stock, to stock not GameSpot. <laughs> but uh, one thing that we saw uh, that actually really appealed to us was these wall mounts from Hideit. Companies called Hideit Mounts. And, uh, and these things are really cool. Well, if you have a TV mounted high, very, very often I've seen the, the cables hanging and there's nowhere to put your consoles if you're a yeah. gamer. You just have um, a bunch of cable, like HDMI cables and power cables running down the wall. Right. Like, it looks awful. So they make these uh, wall brackets that you can screw up just behind the TV, which will slide your console into it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can hide all the cables. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and they were very nice. And they gave us a couple of brackets for our controllers. controllers. Yeah, I mean, check them out. Go to it's hideitmounts.com. Uh, you can you can like you can mount them behind the TV. You can mount them to the side, uh, and they make them individually for each console. So you get like a Switch specific one or a Xbox specific one. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had trouble at like from a distance figuring out where how they were held up because they they fit so nicely to the to the base of the console, but. Like, if you don't screw the console to the wall as such, you screw the mount to the wall and the console sits on it. So right. you can still take it out and switch cables and do all that stuff with it. Mm -hmm. um, the console itself isn't stuck, um, but they are very uh, well designed and kind of invisible. So yeah, that's hideitmounts.com. Check them out. They're really cool. Uh, another game company that we spent some time with uh, who didn't have, they didn't do a press conference or anything like that. And they actually weren't even showing any games. Um, they they had meet and greet kind of things and and presentations where you could go and kind of learn more about the company and that was Telltale, mm -hmm. who who obviously made the Walking Dead games, uh, you know the Fable, uh, Wolf Among Us, the new Guardians of the Galaxy game, uh, a lot of those you know story based games, and we found them they were in off the the main concourse in a, in a smaller area. Um, but they had throughout the day, you could go and meet the various teams who work there. They had like, you know, the, the engineers who do the, the game mechanics itself. They had the writers and the creative teams. Uh, and then they had like general meet and greets where you could meet the people. And then they also had uh, like recruiters in there because they're looking for new people. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, interesting. Uh, and they're really lovely, lovely people. Yeah, and we saw a really good talk about storytelling mm. and how how they make their games. Like, they don't want to give you a clear option and then some that you know are really bad or, like, very good for your character. They want to give you some morally ambiguous things, so you really have to make a decision. And it's not a decision between, like, you know, a, a good and a bad thing, like in Mass Effect. It's way it's like, very gray. It's it's yeah, it's all a very gray area that mm. you're like, well, neither of them are good things. I just Yeah. And we played Dungeons and Dragons and IDM uh for, for a number of games and I found it really interesting um the way they were talking about how if you ideally when the player is playing, they're making choices and if it's if it's realistic, really, like in real life you make choices and it's not super obvious that, you know, the choices going to be a big drastic one but mm -hmm. but in the game when the people play the games they kind of complain oh it didn't feel like my choices mattered if it's too transparent but which was i don't know it seemed weird to me because if you're doing it well the player shouldn't notice they just will get a different they'll just get the ending that's appropriate but they <laughs> kind of have to do this balancing act where 
on the one hand, the player needs to be making the choices and you want it to feel natural. But on the other hand, they want the player wants feedback so that they're aware that they could have done something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting to hear how they how they handle that stuff and, and make sure the player gets feedback to so that they know that they're making decisions and that they are affecting the world. It's really cool. Though yeah, and, and they're lovely people. Um they were very generous with their time with mm-hmm. my stupid stupid questions about all that stuff. <laughs> and uh yeah. I know we went back a few times, made some friends. Yeah. It was a cool booth. It was a little booth like partitioned off from everything else with a little door. So it almost looked like you weren't meant to be in there. Yeah. Had a very uh, behind the scenes kind of vibe. It was cool. So that's all, I guess that's all the specifics that we wanted to mention. Uh, overall, uh, I got to say that the show floor was pretty impressive. Certain areas were, were very impressive. There were a lot of displays that must've cost a lot of money. Um, yeah. I tried to find actually how much it costs um, a company to display there. Mm. Not and, only that, but just to build all the stuff. Like. Yeah, exactly. So, like, how much E three costs a company? Right, right. And gotcha. it's it's difficult to find, obviously, because they're all different sized. Like, yeah, the Microsoft booth was huge, and yeah. then like the Capcom booth was not quite as big. But it does cost them something like a thousand dollars a day just for internet. Um, like wow. it costs them by the space uh, per day. It cost them to yeah. rent all the forklifts and the, like the people to move it all in. It costs hundreds of thousands to build the elaborate designs. Like some of these were like right. massive dragons and things, like so. Well, just overall, even the the, the 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 stands where they have like the consoles, right? They, these are like constructed things that look right. like you would build them into a into a a house or a, yep. a store like they would look like permanent fixtures well that's but just there i mean for three the, days. the bethesda booth the um cafe the diner i mean right like, like it's a diner that they looks assembled like a real a diner. diner yeah yeah overall um there's not a clear number but i think it's in the millions far out it wouldn't that doesn't surprise me because mm-hmm. like some of them you know some of them it was like a you know like a stand with a console on it it was quite simple but others it was like way out of control mm-hmm like so. Nintendo, I can't oh, imagine God. how much that would have cost because they took up half of the show floor. Yeah, it was huge, huge and very elaborate. Yep. Yeah, so that aspect of it was really cool. It actually reminded me of um, uh, when I first went to PAX Prime. Uh, I mentioned this, I think, at the start of this, that Prime, I guess because of when it is in the year, has a lot more games coming out. And so the first one that I went to had a lot more elaborate displays than uh, the other PAXs. Like mm-hmm. PAX East, particularly this year, was very packed with people and the displays weren't as elaborate. And I wonder if it's just, if it is because of the time of year or if it's because they've found that they don't need to spend that much money on an elaborate display because the fans don't really give a shit. They want the game anyway. Right. That makes me wonder if E3 will be as elaborate next year, if that's the case, because they don't need to impress the fans. The fans are there and they, they're not fussed, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and actually a lot of them said that they're like, they don't need all of that fancy stuff. They just want to play the games. So, right, but then, little, but I'll that's be a not sad because it makes it special. That's not really what they they're for to begin with. These big stands like that, um, mm. they were so the media could come in and take pictures and really hype it up. That's and right. Then the public, like it would get displayed to the public via the media as mm. this big elaborate thing that people just wanted to buy. But I guess the media is changing. 
I know. Unfortunately. They let assholes like us in now. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe fortunately then. I really enjoyed E3. I would do it again. I will Mm -hmm. do it again. We met some cool people there too. Yeah. We talked to Jeff Kanata. Yeah. Who we have met in the past before at PAX Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked to him about his old show, Totally Rad Show, and found out that they were doing a reunion that day. Unfortunately, it was a live stream that I cannot find any way to watch. So if you guys can find me, TRS from E3, I will be very, very happy. They streamed it on Caffeine. Mm -hmm. We know that. But uh, because we're at E3, we weren't able to watch it. We also caught a little bit of Kind of Funny, uh, which is Greg Miller's new show on um, GameSpot. And we saw them record IGN Live on the last day of E3, mm-hmm. which was awesome because I'm a big fan of Damon Hatfield. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. No, that was cool. That was fun. They're nice guys, actually. I like all of them. All really cool. Yeah. And we also got to see them shoot uh, the Xbox Daily. Yeah. With Major Nelson. And that, was, that was cool as well. You might be able to see us because uh, we were at the front. <laughs> I didn't think of that until now. Yeah. Have a look for us just behind the stage. Yeah, we should have a look. See, hmm. if we see if we're there. Um, another add-on they had at E3. This is a this is a new thing that they did this year. They haven't done before. E3 was the Coliseum, which was actually not at the convention center. It was at the the Novo, which is a Microsoft theater um, just nearby in downtown LA. And the panels all sounded really amazing, and I was very keen to to go until I saw how they were handling the line and letting people in mm-hmm. it's not a huge theater it seats what they say like 1600 people i think uh, i think he said it seats about 2500 but or it the capacity is 2500 but if they are seated if there are chairs it drops it down to about 1600 right and so they said they're going to start the line at well, like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. or something like that. And then the first panel was at 11.30. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, so I, I was like, well, I'm probably going to skip that because I don't I like I want to I got stuff to do. <laughs> I don't want to wait in line for five hours. And that so, is something that we can stream online. So, yes. Yeah. All okay. of those talks are available. We've yet to catch up on them all because we've been so busy. But I mean, they had one with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, James Gunn, Randy Pitchford, Randy Pitchford, and and Kiki Wolfkill from um, Three Four Three Studios. So that panel uh, was called World Builders. It sounds really interesting because they're all masters of the craft. So I'd be very interested to, to check that out. Uh, right, they had one with Jack- any panel what? that Randy Pitchford is in, just yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 the man. Uh, there was one Jack Black talking to um, uh, Tim Schafer from uh, from Double Fine. Uh, they had a ton of good panels. Uh, oh, Dan Trachtenberg was there for one of the panels. He, mm-hmm. He's also in from TRS, uh, Totally Rad Show, uh, and he directed Ten Cloverfield Lane. He was there for a panel as well. So they they had a ton of great things. It was just uh, I knew that the lines were going to be bad, and it was confirmed later on online when people were complaining that it, it's a shame, but like they weren't that you weren't allowed to take a camera or recording devices in, and they were turning away people with like iPads. Mm-hmm. And and I think the security just weren't well informed as to what constitutes, you know, a recording device. They were t- telling people to go away for silly things, like I said, like tablets and things. And then you had to go to the back of the line, which. Right. Um, and, and not only that, when the the theaters set, say, around 1600 people, 
And it was, if you stayed in there, you stay in there. And and so unless someone leaves, no one else can go in. And right. it's, it's just, I, hopefully that's something they can work on for next time. Because that just seems ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Not the rapper, the, the bad organization. Right. We actually determined that we would get more out of that panel if we just waited and watched it online. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise we would have spent our entire first day at E3 waiting in line for a panel. Yeah, it's silly. And then even then, if we hadn't gotten there at 6 a.m., we still might not have gotten in. It would have been, right. would have been worth, you know, it would have been literally a waste of six hours. <laughs> so not worth it. Well, that is our wrap-up of E3 2017. Mm. If you think that there is something that we didn't really go into enough that you want to hear, let us know and we'll do some more research and we yes. can... We can talk about that on another episode. Yeah. Uh, I know this one ran pretty long, so thank <laughs> you for sticking with us. If you've got any feedback at all, you can head to multiplenerdgasm.com uh, and find us there. We've got we're on all, all sorts of social media. You can find the links to us, to, to the various places there. Uh, podcast at multiplenerdgasm.com is our email address. Uh, and if you like what we do, uh, there are a couple of ways you can support the podcast and help us out. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash multiple nerdgasm and help us uh, in a very direct way by pledging uh, some money per per episode of the main show that we do, the Multiple Nerdgasm podcast. Uh, or if if a, a more indirect but uh, but possibly more beneficial for you way is to head to multiplenerdgasm.com slash merch. Uh, check out some of the merch we've got on there. We've got our own t-shirts and uh, they do notebooks notepads and mugs and and phone cases and things but not just our stuff we've got a curated collection of other independent designers from t public who do all sorts of cool nerdy stuff um a bunch of video game themed shirts movie themed shirts there's all sorts of cool stuff on there and anything you purchase uh by going through that url multiplenerdgasm.com slash merch they will know that we sent you and they will support the podcast and if you don't want to use your money to support us, what you can do is give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, or you can follow us at mnerdgasm on Twitter, at multiplenerdgasm on Instagram, or facebook.com slash multiplenerdgasm. And tell your friends that you found this cool podcast, and tell them to listen, and then they can tell their friends, and uh, let's start a big party. And tell them the that internet. we rambled on to you about our favorite video games for two hours. Yeah. And then write in and tell us what your favorite video games are, and then we can all talk about it together on the internet. Yes, please actually email us and let us know what you are most excited about from E3. Yep. Email, comment, reply, whatever. Just get in touch with us. We love hearing from everybody. 